Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I, it's Sarah Hendy here with you until six o'clock this evening with news of creative happenings from around the island. programme will be available as a podcast on the Manx Radio website which you can subscribe to or download at your leisure and further information about today's features along with all the appropriate links you'll be able to find on the Spotlight blog. John Young and Lorcan Omani are our guests today and they've kindly joined us right before they raised the curtain on their show The Funny Thing About Depression at the South Douglas Old Friends Association tonight at half past seven. John, you'll remember, wrote and directed For the Fallen last autumn, which commemorated the Isle of Man's experience of the First World War, which, following a successful run at Balakameen Studio Theatre, was adapted for radio, something which you can still stream or download on the Max Radio website. Lorcan is well known as a performer on the island and in the last few years has shared his experiences of living with depression through his blog, and through the Headlands Talking Circles, which take place at the Lisa Lowe Centre. Lorcan, how did this kind of writing become such an important part of your life? I, I think I started off writing um, the podcast about depression, not necessarily for anyone else, but for myself. Because, you know, when, you, when you've when you got these thoughts going around your mind and, and you want to almost quieten them maybe by putting them down on paper. So by sitting down and writing about depression, I had all these thoughts that were rambling around in my head and I could put them down and I could read them back and I could edit them. And for me, it was almost kind of a, partly a record, but partly just catharsis in in terms of, okay, those words are down here now. They're not in my head anymore. Um, And then it was also just kind of keeping a memory of what I'd been through and, and kind of what I'd been going through at the time um so writing is both as a record and just as a as a something to do not wasn't necessarily by idea straight away that it would go out anywhere or that i'd provide it to anyone else it just kind of was for me but then as i was writing i thought you know people might benefit from this in a strange way or certainly my family might read it and go oh right that makes sense that's what he was thinking at that time or someone who doesn't know me um, and who I might have been going through the same thing would see it and go oh yeah no I, I was feeling that thing as well and for me when I was younger the one of the biggest scariest things was like this is the first time this has happened to anyone and no one will understand me and there's all these weird things going on and if, if I said this to someone else they'd think you're you're absolutely mad what you're thinking that for it's completely irrational so i thought that if i kind of put these irrational thoughts down for as much as they exposed me someone might look at them and think oh actually this guy thought them as well mm-hmm. so it it was it, writing for me is both a, an internal kind of release but it's also i mean it also came from the place where i wanted to use the depression and wanted to use my experiences to help other people and not let depression have a negative effect on the world and not let, not necessarily just on myself but I mean if I could use my depression and everything that that has affected me if I could take that and then give that to other people and maybe make their experiences a bit more relatable or you know make it easier for them to talk about it then 
sure, what, why wouldn't I do that? So it, it was a bit of a kind of a, a, a two-way approach, really. And is it all right to ask um, if you're able to describe to us how your depression manifests? It's a it's personal to everyone, even yeah. if people can relate, they'll have had completely different experiences well, a- as well. Absolutely, and that's that's I mean that's primarily the reason why when we're doing this, um, we're careful to say you know this isn't advice, this isn't fact, this isn't we're not therapists or anything like that. All I'm telling you is my very unique and very singular point of view and and, and experience. So. I mean, for me, depression, and there's a part of it I go into in the show, um, depression is almost like I'm floating in kind of dark water. And it's not necessarily that it's a cold water or it's not a stormy sea or anything like that. It's just it's just nothing and it's darkness and kind of I've got heavy clothes and it's t- difficult to keep treading water. And I'm trying to float and sometimes it's difficult and sometimes I'll lie on my back and I'll just try and float by doing nothing. Sometimes I'll have to kind of kick out and, and sometimes it's just a bit too much effort to kick out. So I feel myself sinking a bit, but it's always just kind of that level of, of nothingness, almost like a, you know, a self-contained, you know, you know, those, um, those, uh, what do you call them? Um, the isolation chambers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Flotation tanks. That, that kind of thing where you just are removed from all kind of external input. That that that's what depression is kind of for me. That obviously there's everything going around, but it's just it just feels like it's just me and I'm just floating in darkness, and it's really difficult to keep going sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the only way depression affects me. That's one of several ways, um, but that's one way that I've found of, of describing, it, and it's one way that's made it into the show. Um, and for everyone, it's completely different. But people might people might listen to that and just go, oh yeah, that that kind of makes sense, or it doesn't make sense at all, because some people might experience depression as as kind of a very raw physical thing and like a painful thing, which would be not like floating, but it would be trying, you know, it might be in the middle of a tumultuous sea, and that and that, that that's not any less valid as as a description of depression. It's just as valid, and, and that's why throughout this show we're trying to say look this is just my experience because there's a danger when you talk about depression that you go oh well you know that's not quite depression what I have is real depression and sometimes with depression or mental health there's this thing of kind of trying to outdo other people or trying to kind of valid kind of make your mental health more valid I mean people don't try and do that but sometimes you worry that oh if I don't match this description then I'm not going to be taken as seriously. Um, so it, a part of that and what we're trying to do in terms of just ex- putting it across as my experience is, is to make sure that people don't have to worry about fitting into the tick boxes and people don't have to, you know, they've heard one description of depression and feel like, oh, I'll only get taken seriously if that's how I describe it. it it's that ability to just say, look, this is how it feels and it may that no one's ever heard that description before but that doesn't mean that you don't get taken seriously and it doesn't mean that mental health is anything less important to engage with and talk about for that person why do you think it's seen as such a a big thing because Mm -hmm. yeah what you've done is very brave especially somewhere like the isle of man where you're surrounded by um, people people you know Mm -hmm. and um and of course no matter how much you might not want it to change how people see you, there is going to be a difference in how people talk yeah. to you, talk about you, approach mm-hmm. you, um, and process what you're sharing. Why Why are we still so afraid of talking about these things, in your opinion? 
the, the people who want to talk about depression, I think a lot of people are ready to talk about it. The problem is other people who aren't ready to listen. Um, and that is not a blanket statement in terms of no one's ready to listen. And there, there are people who are more than willing to engage. But I think there's the fear, maybe it's unfounded, maybe it's actually founded in fact, that there are people who, no matter what you say, will just hear, I've got depression or I've got issues with mental health and then not listen to anything else you say and have that idea of, oh, you need you need to go to a loony bin or um, you must be on medication or you're unsafe to look after my children or, you know, all these things that you've seen throughout films and throughout media and throughout literature um, about what mental health was 100 years ago. You're afraid that if by opening up to someone who you trust that maybe they'll think about that about you. And it's probably not true at all. And it's probably, the truth is probably that, and I found that when I spoke to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, that's, that's my profession. And I spoke about depression to some senior partners in, in the firm and I was worried that they'd kind of have this old-fashioned attitude towards it. But, but they said, oh, I've, I've had issues with, with mental health. I've, I've, I've had family members or I've had personal issues. And, and, and it's, almost, it's almost like everyone's waiting to talk about mental health but they're afraid because the person opposite them is going to make this judgment about them when the person opposite them is also waiting to talk about mental health but is afraid that the person on the other side is going to make a judgment so it it's 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 about kind of making that public thing um for us to for me i think that's that's where i'm trying to start off is just by sharing my idea so other people aren't too afraid then of talking about it but i think it's trying to break down that idea that there's going to be a judgment about mental health that also that that comes from education and awareness of the realities of it, and that's why in doing this we're trying to get across the realities of, of kind of how it affected me day to day and to see that it's not quite as scary and it's not something to be feared because I think fifty years ago, even twenty years ago, probably even ten years ago, mental health was something that people were like, oh, um. Should I be alone in a room with this person? Should yeah. I? There's almost a superstition about it. Yeah. It was kind of it was treated as anything else that we can't explain. And well, yeah, um, but people were called lunatics, yeah. and the word lunatic comes comes from the, the moon because because they thought that mental health was almost like being a werewolf, and, and the moon came out and you went mad, and and it, it's kind of the superstitious and magical kind of idea about it that you're not yourself when you've got mental health, and you've turned into this gone werewolf, scary creature. Um, and those people were just locked away and kept safe from the rest of the world when in fact the reality is, um, I mean, we live with mental health every day and it doesn't transform us. It's just, and it's not necessarily who we are as a personal identity, but it's 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 something that we have grown up with and dealt with. And some people, it, mm. does, it does come along out of the blue and it's an unexpected, you know, thing that, to, that, that happens to a few people, but... And it can become almost a well-kept secret. Yeah. How different does it feel standing um, in front of an audience um, and sharing your stories in a scripted manner mm -hmm. compared to talking candidly sort of off script as we are now? It, this is bringing in um, different elements of your sort of creative work. How does it feel to sort of stand there with work that you've created and share it in a different context because there's something quite empowering about performance in itself yeah 
I mean, the show itself isn't much different to this. It's me just rambling, <laughs> rambling. Periods. It's a little bit more sophisticated. It's a bit more sophisticated. <laughs> just a touch. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've been used to working off a script. I, I do I have done shows on the island for, for a good number of years. Um, and that's very restrained and it's very restricted and it's someone else's story. And although you can do... Th- so, I mean, in, coming up in November, I'll be doing Blood Brothers um, over here. And that, that is a show, again, about mental health in in a, in a, in a capacity but that's mental health in a very restricted metaphor whereas by me talking about it it i think has a, a number of different effects obviously it for me it's again almost a catharsis of being able to kind of stand up and share my story it's still talking about mental health but it's not in a metaphorical way it's this is mental health like uh, we don't have to talk about it in subtleties and nods and winks like we might have done 10 20 years ago and we don't have to put a sheen over it and a layer over it to to that it's full of allusions to mental health or it's this is someone else's story so this isn't actually me so i'm just an actor what we're doing is this is me yeah i do act but but what i'm doing and what we've written down and this there's some kind of contrivance in terms of a structure. It's an honesty and an openness, and it, it strips everything ab- away about the secrecy, and it strips all the metaphor, and it strips all the uh, kind of illusions, and and it strips away the fear of talking directly about mental health. And it literally looks you in the eye and says, "This is me. I've got these issues with mental health. This is my story. This is how it affects me. There, there's there's no layers." It's literally, and that's why I think the the place we're doing it is so great, because there was a few different places that we were looking at where it was um, stage and then the audience, and that's another layer. And you know, if we did it in the gaiety, there'd be, I mean, even from the front row to the front of the stage, that's a good ten, fifteen, twenty foot. Whereas here, I'm in and around the audience, so that even that layer is stripped away, and um, it really allows for an honest and engaging and accessible and I think that's the word about the most important thing about talking about mental health is accessibility because it's a big topic it's a big scary topic for a lot of people people might not want to talk about it because it might mean addressing or recognising something that they might have going on in themselves and that they're afraid of you know if I take this step and I get this stamp and I get this diagnosis then what's that going to mean for me Um, so it's, it's making it accessible and and kind of taking away that fear and making sure that people can talk about it and people can see it. it's it's normal it doesn't have to be whispered about it can you can literally just have one person standing up in front of a, an, an audience of 100 and just saying look this is this is my truth and i think that's the important part spotlight brought to you by the isle of man arts council it's Sarah Hendy here talking to John Young and Lorcan Omani about their original show, The Funny Thing About Depression, which hits the stage tonight at the South Douglas Old Friends Association. John, what kind of journey did you take to turn Lorcan's writing into a performance? Like, How did you bring his story to life? So, Do we... take this one? <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be all right, actually. Um uh, in numerous ways. So we have started with Lorcan's blogs as a starting point because they were the thing that um, inspired me to want to make the show. So I grew up with Lorcan. I went to school with Lorcan. Um, we did lots of shows together. So, you know, Lorcan and I have an existing relationship. And then I read 
the blogs having no idea about Lorcan's relationship with mental health. And I met Lorcan and said, I think this needs to be a show. And I'm not sure what the show is. I'm not sure what it looks like. But we need to bring these blogs to life in a way. And we need to tell your story. And I think that's what theatre is, essentially. Theatre is about telling stories in an interesting and engaging way. And this is a really interesting story. And although it is about mental health and there are lots of there are lots of issues around it, we are essentially telling Lorcan's story. So it's twofold. You get all of the mental health stuff, but at the same time you get a really interesting and at times beautiful and at times harrowing story. But it's just packaged with all this kind of current stuff about mental health so we wrote we've got a script we actually have a script um whether whether or not Lorcan <laughs> sticks to that script is a different matter but I but that's but that's I think part of the fun of it is that Lorcan doesn't have to stick to the script and I think in order for the performance to work we have to have some kind of structure otherwise we're just wandering around in the dark and it won't have a a journey to it it won't have a start a middle and an end and I think with a show like this you have to be really careful about keeping an eye that it doesn't get too heavy because what we've said is we want it to be an entertaining night out so as well as it being as well as it kind of tackling Lorcan's story and all of the issues surrounding mental health we also want people to have a good time so it's it's how we do both of those things together so I suppose what we've the, the big challenge we both have is making sure that when we've had quite a heavy section how do we pump some life into it and make sure that we can kind of take the audience on more of a roller coaster than just this really dark rather than just going down into a cave and staying in a big dark cave for the show and then coming out and feeling miserable and feeling low and feeling sad i hope that the you know the audiences can leave feeling somewhat inspired by Lorcan's story and joyful i think you know that there should be joy and 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 the way in which Lorcan talks about mental health is is refreshing because he uses humour. And I think that breaks the ice because I don't think we know how to talk about it. And I think what Lorcan does is he almost makes light of it because what we all understand really well is comedy. We all know how to laugh. We may not know how to talk about things and be honest and, you know, especially men express our emotions, but we all know how to laugh. And I think that's a really nice starting point. So we have a script. As I say, whether or not Lorcan sticks to that is a, a different... He's shaking his head, so that's probably a no. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we have a script and, 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 and we're just playing... It's been it's been delightful because we've just been in a room yeah. together, just playing around with ideas, and some of them are crazy, and some of them are, are not so crazy. Um, but it's been yeah, it's been quite a playful um, process. But we've definitely made it together. It's it's not like I've written it or, or Lorcan's written it, or it's de- it's definitely a collaboration between the two of us. I think it's something that when we started um, getting into the rehearsal space. Because we we'd had this kind of working script before we we before we'd started working together, and it's something that, that we straight away said we don't want it to be scripted. Obviously, it's got a script, and and in that script we've got points that I want to hit, and points that we've agreed need to be in there to to kind of contain a flow. But if I went in and and it was quite clearly scripted, and I was quite clearly reading lines, then it just takes away the honesty entirely. It's um, the same kind of thing as I say when I'm interviewing people. If you read it straight from a piece of paper, it sounds like a lecture. Yeah. Whereas if it's natural, it's more relatable. It's Something more accessible. Like this can sound like a lecture. And I think th- the moment that this becomes a lecture and the moment it, it feels like Lorcan standing on a stage and preaching to you about mental health and what you should and shouldn't do is the moment it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that, that's the thing that we've had in our heads the whole time is we never want it to feel like Lorcan standing on a stage saying, you should feel happy and you should talk to people and you should. Lorcan is going to stand up and talk about what he's done and his experiences and people will take from that what they 
what they will. We've also partnered with a local mental health charity who will be there uh, at the shows. So at the end of the show, Lorcan is able to say, look, if you if this has kind of made you think about how you're feeling or even if you want to take a leaflet or if you want to talk to somebody, there is somebody at the back of the room who helped me mm-hmm. and they might help you. And, you know, if if one person leaves the space and maybe decides that they want to start talking about it, but what's been amazing about it is actually bumping into people and talking about the show is how, going back to Lorcan's point, is how I bumped into two people the other day and they were asking about the show and suddenly within three minutes I'd realised that they were both telling me about their own dealings with mental health and I was like, people are so ready to talk about mm-hmm. it. I just think they need a platform and they need a space yeah. and they almost need a catalyst and I think this I think this could do that. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not in any way saying that I, I'm the first but they need someone to go out and say, it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And then that will kind of remove that fear of, oh, someone else is doing it. And, and, and especially someone like Lorcan. I think Lorcan is the, the um, you know, as well as him being super talented um, in, in many ways, he's extremely funny and very charismatic. And, uh, you know, he's he's a great actor. And he's got a lovely voice and he's all of those things. But, you know, he's, dancing. he's, no, I didn't mention you dancing deliberately, <laughs> but he's, he's the perfect person for this because I think on the outside, everyone would look at Lorcan and think he's got everything going for him. You know, yeah. he's got a good career. He's got a good family around him. He's got, you know, he's got all of these like ambitions and dreams. He like, he's surely he's sorted. And obviously like, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's not, there are issues there with mental health. Um, yeah. And that's the thing about it, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. matter who you are yeah, or absolutely. what you've got. It, that, it doesn't, it doesn't count for that. I found that when I started writing and when I, I mean, before I was writing, I was, uh, you know, I did a few kind of Facebook posts around kind of World Mental Health Day and that kind of thing. And people would be like, oh, I, I didn't realise or, or, or say, you know, the classic, but you seem so happy. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the point. Like, I try really, really hard to pretend that I'm happy and I've got this very outgoing personality, but really I'm actually quite an introvert inside. Um, and, you know, I, I look like I've got I've got everything. Well, I, I mean, I feel like I've got everything that I need, but sometimes when it comes to mental health, that's, that's not enough. And, it, you know, one big thing about mental health is, and I think it's another, I mean, we could talk about the reasons why people don't talk about mental health for all day. I mean, we can fill several programs, but one of the biggest things I've found, and it's something I struggled with, although I was a kid when I started talking about it, but when I've been talking to other people about it, is this guilt of like, why, why, why should I feel like I'm struggling? Like, like I've got a job and a car and kids and a house. And I mean, there's people on the street and they're fine. Like, wh- why should I be worried about my mental health? And it's 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 bizarre. It's, it, it's almost akin to, you know, your your appendix popping, yeah. and you're going, well, why would I go to the hospital? That person's got cancer. Like, mm-hmm. they've got it way worse than me. I don't need. I don't deserve treatment. And it's uh, mental health isn't just this one big thing. Like, you can go to the doctor for your fungal toenail infection. You don't just leave it because someone else doesn't have a foot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And it's yeah. the same with mental health. And people struggle with that kind of accepting that they can accept help and it's not a sign of weakness and it's not that they're taking up NHS time that could be dedicated to someone who needs it much worse. And it's not because there's someone who else who deserves it more. Because there's, there is, I mean, there is time for everyone when it comes to mental health. And you don't have to justify it. And you don't have to say... Oh, I've re- and I've now I've now reached the threshold where I'm bad enough that I can talk about mental health. Because once every if everyone waited for that threshold, 
well, I mean, we're in that situation right now where the, the waiting lists are 18 months long and you have to, you know, you have to go to crisis care to be seen immediately because everyone feels like they have to wait to that threshold before, OK, now I'm justified in going to talk about my mental health. Whereas if everyone spoke about it from the start and if everyone was, wasn't was afraid to talk about it as a child and could deal with those kind of coping mechanisms early on or in their teens or even, I mean, some people go their whole lives until about 50 without being affected by mental health and then it happens. You know, if we if we broke down the, the idea that you had to wait until you were at a nine, if you couldn't talk about it at a one or you could talk about it at a two, then for, for 80% of the people, you would never get to the nine. And that's what we need to kind of, it needs to be a ground up kind of thing. And that's where I feel like I need to, I mean, I'm not a therapist and I'm not any, I've got no medical qualifications to talk about it. That's for kind of four, five, six, seven, eight and above. But I feel like by talking about it and the way John and I have worked together to share the story, I feel like we can get the people who are maybe worried about opening up and kind of stopping that kind of getting worse. Yeah. Nip it in the bud in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, start the conversation early, indeed. Mm-hmm. So people can come and see this this performance that you guys have put together tonight and yep. tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yeah. Yep. Yes, and where is it, Remendus? And South what Douglas time? Old yeah. Friends Association Hall. Club Hall. Hall. Yeah, which is a great venue, and, yep. and like Lockin said, a really perfect venue for the show, and really interesting in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and tickets are available from ticketsignite.com and if you just search the funny thing about depression they should come up or you can buy them on the door yeah because it's in about an hour or so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> basically if you're in a car right now turn around <laughs> get the sat nav out and go to the South Douglas <laughs> Association <laughs> Hall and you're in for a treat chuck the clothes in the tumble dryer yeah just they come along be. yeah it's we'll only on for about out. an hour and a bit. If you quote this interview, we'll give you a 10% discount. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there we yeah, are. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we'll be on the door. Yeah, there we are. If you, if you are listening to this in a car right now, if you just turn around and drive and come to see us, we will give you a 10% discount. <laughs> Thank you to Lorcan and John for joining me today. Their show starts at half past seven, so you've still got time to get to it tonight or, of course, tomorrow night at the South Douglas Old Friends Association. I'll be back next week with Mira Royal and Brooke Wassell, no less. Hope you can join me then. Have a lovely evening. Slen you. <laughs> <laughs>